Welcome to another episode of Christ and Campus, where we hear and share the stories that make us who we are as we explore the intersection of Jesus Christ and the college campus. Christ and Campus is sponsored by Baptist Campus Ministries. We exist to worship and serve Jesus Christ as we reach, grow, and send collegians for Him. A letter to a new Christian. Dear friend, I've thought a lot lately about what to pass along to you as a new Christian, about what is most important as we live our faith in Christ every day. I guess there is so much to say that it's tempting to say way too much. I know I'm full of words. So I thought it would be best to just start simple. It is important for you to understand your basic identity as a child of God, as a Christian, and what that means for your everyday life. Your identity, your everyday relationship with God produces your life, what you do, how you live, what you say, and how you serve. With that in mind, I want to encourage you as you are getting started in this journey with Christ. As you know already, our lives crave to be filled with something. Before we had a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we filled our lives with any manner of things, possessions, acceptance by others, money, selfish pleasure, status, sin. But in Christ, this has now changed. Sure, there are always temptations to crave after those things still, but we have now been satisfied in Christ, satisfied in a way that we've never been satisfied before. We have eaten at his table. We've come to his banquet and tasted of all the good things that he gives. And all of these things, these substitutes, they pale in comparison to the riches of his table. In Christ, I have been accepted by God, and my status is secure with him. He gives me meaning and purpose. He meets my needs by his unlimited riches. The joy and pleasure I find in him makes the desires of this world seem empty and fleeting. So here's my challenge to you. Keep on thirsting after God. Crave Him. Obsess over being with Him and being His. The psalmist puts it this way. As my soul pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before my God? That's from Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. So just as the thirsty man craves water, Crave after God. Thirst after Him. Here's the truth. Life will distract you. Life will confuse you into thinking that there is fulfillment in any manner of other things. It fools us into thinking that if we just had more money or a certain relationship or a better job or status in the community or more friends, then we could be fulfilled. Here's the truth. The most basic lie of the world is this. This will satisfy you. That is a lie. The world and what it offers can never satisfy. It will always leave you empty and wanting more, still thirsty after drinking deeply of all it offers. Reject that lie when it comes to you. Only God satisfies our thirst. Thirst after the living God. He is alive. He is accessible in Christ Jesus. And he wants to be in close relationship with us. See this thing, though. We aren't to thirst after what God gives. 
but after God himself. Crave God, thirst after God, want God. When you get up in the morning, turn your focus to him and start desiring him. Let your thirst for God fill your day. He will not leave you thirsty. You can come before the living God and he will satisfy your thirst. If there was one key thing I wish someone would have taught me and kept teaching me when I was a young Christian, it's this. The Christian life you are to live comes from Jesus and not from you. I thought that when I had become a Christian, I was given the task of going out and living like a Christian. I thought that was my job. It was as if I was the baby bird being pushed out of the nest trying to learn to fly on my own. I thought Jesus had done his part in saving me, and my part was to live like I was supposed to as a Christian. I was wrong. We cannot live this Christian life by our own power, will, and might. Just as Jesus saved us by his power alone, Jesus bears fruit in us to live the Christian life alone. You see, I miss this key biblical teaching of Jesus. Straight from him in John 15, verses 1 and 2, Jesus speaks these words, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. How did I miss that? I spent years of my life trying to do everything I could to do the right Christian thing, say the right thing, serve the right way, do all this stuff, thinking it depended upon me. All the while missing that Jesus said that doing that was impossible. The word says, apart from me, apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. I miss that. The life you are meant to live as a Christian only comes when we are intimately connected with Jesus. We cannot produce any fruit with our lives by our own power without Jesus. I can't save myself. Only Jesus can do that. And I cannot produce fruit. Only Jesus can do that. So abide in Jesus. Stay intimately connected with him. Fill your day with Jesus. Remember what he has done for you. Listen to him through God's word. Dwell on him and his teaching. Look at the world through his eyes. Depend on him. Talk to him. Spend time with other believers worshiping him and sharing what he has done in you. Let Jesus be at the center of your worship, your Bible study, and your service of others. Remain in him. Every day, every moment, turn your attention to him, abide in him. Sometimes we don't know what steps to take or what direction to move with our lives. We are faced with difficult decisions or temptations to turn to the side in our journey with Jesus. The Bible teaches us that to step or walk correctly, we must keep step with God's spirit. Our fleshly desires, our deceitful hearts will lead us in the wrong direction if we depend upon them. But we're reminded by the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Somehow the Holy Spirit guides our walk. He leads us as we walk. We must seek the influence of the spirit continually. 
Ask the Spirit to lead your life. Literally, ask the Spirit to work and move and guide your life. Then you respond obediently wherever He leads. And don't think He only leads when we have big decisions. God wants to lead us in each moment, big, little, normal, everyday moments. God's Spirit desires to lead you. Will you submit your will to His will? Will you drop your desires and seek out what God desires? Your flesh will lead you astray. The Spirit will guide rightly, make it a habit in your life to seek the leading of God's Spirit in each moment and every step. Be in such a habit of listening to the prompting of the Spirit that you hear His voice clearly and know it when He speaks. Life in Christ is not about making your own way, but about keeping step with where He leads each and every day. But now here's some bad news that I think you need to know. You are probably going to fall down along this journey. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. You are going to sin. Guess what? Christians sin. Don't be defeated by this. When you miss the mark or get off course, God's Spirit will let you know. That is called conviction. The Spirit will let you know when you have sinned. Our response as Christians should be one of acceptance and confession. When the Spirit convicts us, we should immediately agree with the Spirit's assessment of our lives. Confession is saying, yes, Lord, I am guilty. I have sinned. Thank you for forgiveness, and I am turning in a new direction by your power. You will sin, so confess continually. Continually take heed of the conviction of the Spirit. Continually respond in confession. Continually turn your life away from sin and towards Jesus in repentance. Just as we will not be completely free from sin in this life, continue to fill your life with confession and repentance. As you know very well, Jesus Christ has done something incredible in you. Remember that every day. Think about this. God is your creator. He has made us and we are accountable to him. We have each sinned or rebelled against God our king. The wrath and punishment of a holy God is due to us for that sin, but Jesus is the solution to this problem. He lived a sinless life and took our punishment for our sin on the cross. We can experience this gift Jesus offers by repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, by relying on Him and Him alone to secure salvation for us through His death, burial, and resurrection. That is a clear understanding of the Scripture. That is good theology. That is sound doctrine. But hear this clearly. That is also your story. You have experienced that theology. You have experienced that gospel, that good news of Jesus Christ. It's not some distant story. It is something that you have experienced and that describes your life. You are in right relationship with God because of what Jesus has done for you. You have placed your full trust, reliance, and faith in Christ to do what you could not do to save you. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't get away from the gospel. It is powerful. Paul says in Romans 1.16 that it is the power of God for all who believe. 
The gospel isn't something that is so elemental that we graduate from it as mature believers. No, it is so basic and foundational that we mustn't ever graduate from it. Our lives are built upon what God has done in us through Jesus Christ. It is foundational to your life. Let it be a constant reminder each day of who you are. Let the gospel, the good news, influence how you see others, the lost and other Christians. Let the gospel be at the heart of your sharing, your fellowshipping, and your Bible study. Let gospel be your message to this world in word and deed. Let the gospel fuel your worship, as Greg Gilbert says, and your mission. The honest truth is that sometimes we get distracted as we walk with Jesus. We get caught up in big theological ideas or the busyness of church programming or strategies for mission, but the place we should always come back to, to refocus on, to re-energize us, is to the cross of Christ, to the good news of what Christ has done for humanity. Don't forget how it is that you became his follower. Don't forget what Jesus did for you and for all of humanity. Don't forget the gospel. Don't forget your Jesus story of what Jesus did in your life. Remember, you're not in this alone. You're now part of the body of Christ, the church. God has designed us to live, work, and worship together. Christ is the head of the church. We are the body, one body, together. The Bible tells us, for as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. You are a part of this body now. You have brothers and sisters that love you with the love of Christ that will seek to help you grow, that will pray for you and encourage you. So here's my challenge to you. Love the church. Love the body of Christ. I'm not talking about a certain building or its programs, even though those things are important, but love Christ and love the church, the body of Christ. When we love Christ and love the body of Christ, we stay focused on the right things. You will see church as a body to live out your faith within instead of a body to get only what you desire. You will see the body of Christ as a place to give and serve rather than to seek to be served. You will realize being the church is not about selfish wants and preferences. When you love the body rightly, all the trappings of church fall by the wayside. You won't get caught up in the right programs or the right music style or the paint color or the preacher. You'll get caught up in Jesus. You will understand that the body is not about you or me. It's about Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the head of the body. One day, God may lead you to other places where you will connect with other believers. When you leave where you are now, you won't leave the body. You will be able to find other believers together with fellowship with and serve with in that place. But you will always a part of Christ's body. And you have an important part to play in the body. Let God use you in his body to further the kingdom of God. Finally, friend. You are meant to be involved in carrying out the mission of God in this world. Your task and my task, the task of the church is simple. 
Scripture says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all of creation or to the whole creation. Those are the words of Jesus. That's the mission that Jesus gives us. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. The voicing of the message of Jesus has always been the singular mission of the church. The mission has been fleshed out in many ways and includes mission endeavors and personal proclamation, preaching, teaching, healing, helps ministry, prophetic proclamation, apologetics, and many more. But at the heart is the simple call to be witnesses, as Acts 1.8 puts it, and to make disciples, as Matthew 28.19 and 20 says it. So God has formed you. He has formed us into his people for a purpose. First Peter 2, chapter, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 say, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You see, God has formed us as his people, as his body, so that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out. That we proclaim how excellent Jesus is in our world. We must consistently remember to voice the gospel of Jesus Christ. How important it is to be focused on proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus who called us out of darkness, who showed us mercy. It is important for you to understand the gospel-saturated life. We ourselves as Christians must continue to embrace the gospel message. The message of what Jesus has done, we must hear the gospel fresh and embrace it continuously. In embracing it, holding tight to it, we remember what Jesus has done. We see rightly who we are, and we rightly see God. We see grace, and we reject religion. We celebrate God's mighty work and our unworthiness. Our worship is fueled by this embracing of the gospel. We daily are reminded of what Jesus has done, and that he has done what we could not do on our own. We also must begin to see the world in light of the work of Christ. In doing this, we can begin to embody the gospel of Christ and live it out, not in some hocus-pocus mystical sense, but in real-life ways. You can live out grace to those in your world. You can extend open arms to the sinner. You can live lives that invite friends and family to a relationship with God and Christ. You can love those who reject the things of God, who are even overtly antagonistic to Christ. You can actually love and serve others as an embodiment of the gospel and not be caught up in empty good deeds for the sake of good deeds. You can refuse to be shocked by sin and driven away because we know the reality of sin all too well. Our lives can embody the gospel message as we live the gospel and as we boldly proclaim the gospel. Remember, as you embrace and embody the gospel message, you are also given a clarion call to verbalize the gospel message. The gospel isn't meant to be simply lived out. We are always meant to verbalize, to proclaim, and voice 
what God has done in Jesus Christ. That is the voicing of the gospel message that we've been called to as God's people. We are to proclaim the excellencies of God and what he has done for us in Jesus Christ. Chances are you've been confused at some point about this most basic Christian message. Maybe we misunderstand certain elements of the gospel. Maybe we emphasize the wrong things. Maybe we struggle to voice the gospel with clarity and consistency. Wherever you find yourself, friend, you must go to the Word, listen to the Spirit, and discover the simple gospel message. Then you must go with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Embrace it, embody it, and voice it. Live with the boldness of the Spirit and stay focused on the task of every believer taking the gospel to the nations. That's your job. That's your task. Go now. In the power of God's Spirit, go and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Sincerely, your friend. You can find Christ in Campus on all of your preferred podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us to hear more great stories from the intersection of Jesus Christ and the college campus. Metromobile Baptist Campus Ministries exists to worship and serve Jesus Christ as we reach, grow, and send collegians for Him. To learn more about Metromobile BCM, connect with us at southalabama.edu slash bcm or follow us on social media at Metro Mobile BCM. Thank you for listening.